Swanson to first. Browns are world champions. The Rams were built to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. And lightning has struck twice. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Oh, hello there, episode 116. Things are heating up in the world of sports. We have hockey playoffs on the way soon, basketball play-ins, baseball's nicely underway, and who better to discuss it all than my good friends, Manny and Matt. Guys, how was opening weekend? Have you guys recovered from uh, opening day in Detroit? Well, John, uh, I must say it was a great experience. We had a great time at opening day. We have no stories to tell of anything that happened. But I am glad that Manny got the ankle bracelet off in time to do the show today. (laughs) But nothing happened. (laughs) Nothing whatsoever. Uh, uh, I just was able to cross the border back in time to record this show just minutes prior to us recording. So they they let me loose, finally. And they won. And the Tigers won in dramatic fashion. Unbelievable. I saw it the whole time. You guys left. So we're, we're, waiting, we're waiting for uh, for this game to turn over. Javi Baez, I don't know if you've heard him or not, best free agent signing a bit, probably baseball history, um, comes up. What do Manny and our good friend Kiefer do? They bail to the bathroom. Oh, it's to deep left field. Baez has left the building and put the Tigers in front by two. A flare for the dramatic. No, no, no. This was afterwards. After A.J. Pollock said he caught the ball. You, okay. So Matt's you saw crying. Him, you saw Matt catching. is crying because, and I'm like, I'm not standing next to this guy. This is embarrassing. So I dash to the bathroom. And then as I'm Unloading in the bathroom, shall we say? (laughs) Turning the double play. (laughs) Uh, Painting the walls, shall we say? Whatever. And (laughs) I hear Dan Dickerson in the radio that they have in the speakers in the bathroom say that they won. And I'm like, oh, I must have hit the fence. And then I see Matt again, and he's no longer crying, and he's celebrating as if it was the 84 World Series. You know what? It felt like it in there. It has been a long time since I've been in that building and seen it packed, and that was, for an outdoor ballpark, pretty damn loud when uh, when they made that that call. That was a a pretty pretty cool sight to see. It was nice to be back in there. It was great to be back. And then we went, uh, after we arrived back in Canada, safely on Friday night, we, uh, we went to a local establishment in Windsor and turned on the Blue Jays game and saw them getting ramshackled by the Texas Rangers. Oh, my God. And that queued up the comeback. Yeah, I was gone by the time the uh, second inning was over, so I didn't see any of the comeback. I was like, I am not watching a 6 nothing ball game, so I changed the channel, and that was the end of my night for the Blue Jays. 
And they won. Like the yeah. second game, this this first or second game of the year. Well, well first, after first. this. Yep. First See you game. next year. Rashad Bales. Yeah. One inning. Just check it in. Is Kelly Gruber uh, involved in this team at all? <laughs> Wait, did you last longer than Barrios did in the first inning? <laughs> I did. I did. I was like, they're gonna they're gonna pull him. Oh my god. <laughs> so yeah, I will tell you, I watched Parts of three Jays games over opening weekend, and I watched them get outscored fourteen to nothing. <laughs> so it was a rough, rough opening weekend. Rashad was like the guy I saw at the Michigan Wolverines football game when they lost to Appalachian State in the first week, selling off his season tickets, his jersey, <laughs> everything else you could possibly find that had anything with a yellow M on it. <laughs> Rashad has checked out of baseball. So wait a minute, Rashad. You saw enough Blue Jays baseball to see them getting outscored fourteen to nothing. Yet yep. they went two and one on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, so I am a bad luck charm for this team. You should not be allowed to watch a Blue Jays game this year. Here's, here's <laughs> right. a great stat for you. We're gonna we're gonna have stats all day, guys. This is this is how we do it. We may as well call this something to do with stats. But uh, the Blue Jays. I've scored 23 runs and given up 23 runs this year. And John Rashad is a minus 14 <laughs> in the run differential. And not even full en- uh, full nine innings. That right? is incredible. <laughs> yeah. How about that, eh? Well, uh, uh, unbelievable. We were talking about that stat just before we turned on the mic, John and I. Yeah. And that's an incredible stat. Against the Texas Rangers, for God's sake. Did anybody punch anybody at second base in that series again? (laughs) I still remember that one sign that that one guy had, whatever time of year it was, whether it was August or whatever, when Rufiano Dor slugged Jose Bautista and knocked the sunglasses right off his ugly mug. There was a sign in the playoffs after the the Jays beat him that said something like, I'd rather be punched in August than knocked out in October or something. It was brilliant. (laughs) Great sign. One of the best signs I've ever seen. Great sign. That's amazing. (laughs) Oh, you know, one thing I will say, too, before we get into everything. It is so nice. I've realized not being popular is so good. Fred Wallace friend of the show and a former guest. He was back at the Owen Sound Attack game on the weekend. And he probably had someone coming up to him and asking him how he's doing every 10 seconds all night long. And so as I watched him deal with his fan base, I was I was glad to be uh, anonymous, that's for sure. John, that's going to be the same thing for you. What are you talking about? Where's the video board guy? <laughs> how are they supposed to know when to get loud? Yeah. He's responsible for 75% of the wins for the Owen Sound Attack. I heard that on the podcast. I was talking to Dale DeGray, general manager, yesterday, and he said, you're undercutting yourself. (laughs) I heard somebody listen to the podcast last week and wants to get you an orange suit. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's how integral you are to that hockey club, John. Uh Uh-huh. You and Fred Wallace. Great to have Fred back. Great to see Fred back. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess we might as well get started, huh? Well, this has been great stuff so far. I don't know. (laughs) 
Um, there appears to be a lot of love for both the Tigers and the Blue Jays. After last week's episode, when we presented our uh, over-under win totals, we had a few people chime in by email or social media, and the majority of uh, responses agreed with us that the Tigers and the Jays would finish over their totals, except for a couple of notable people. Joshua in Providence, Rhode Island said, and I quote, you're all on crack. <laughs> and if we think the Jays are going to win more than 90 games, we're on crack. And Victor and Burlington said, don't believe the hype for the Tigers. Guys, what do you think? <laughs> well, Joshua sounds like a Red Sox fan. And the Red Sox are having trouble even beating the Tigers. So everybody in Boston has those rose-colored glasses anyways. And... I, I guarantee Victor will be singing a different tune come September when the Tigers are over 77 wins. Yeah, I think everybody's just a little too excited uh, for baseball to come back. How great is it that we have just totally forgot about how much we hated the sport? <laughs> uh, and, and I watched the saw some of the Tiger game on uh, whatever afternoon that was. I think it was Tuesday afternoon or Monday afternoon, two-hour, 44-minute game. Beautiful, boys. Beautiful. Just wrap this up and let's go home. Yeah, they're both. Josh is a little bit excited, and I really wouldn't be too worried about the Blue Jays and your two and three Red Sox. And uh, and Victor and Burlington, uh, there's, there's no hype, man. This is all real. This is what you're going to see for the next decade in Tiger baseball. Victor, come down and enjoy a Tigers game with us next yeah, time. Yeah, man. And believe the hype. We'll say, yeah, look, we made good friends with a White Sox fan that was sitting in front of us uh, at, yeah. uh, at opening day. We'll be friends with you, Victor. Don't worry. The fans behind us loved us. It was, it was a great time. They did. They thought it was a great time. We met Jake, who had the same jacket as me back yes. from 1993. That was, uh, that was a good interaction. Yeah. They loved us. Well, what was your boy's name? Uh, Nick, Eric, uh, afterwards? Oh, at the after party? Yeah. At the after party? It was Nick. Was it Nick? Yeah. I thought so. Nick uh, Nick in the black card uh, was, was very kind to us. Yes, it was a grand old time. So where was Nick from? He was from Detroit or was he from Windsor? <laughs> he was from Detroit and it was his birthday. Oh, nice. And, and he, he paid for everything. And he paid for it. He wouldn't let people buy him drinks. He was buying everyone else drinks. And he had a tremendous entourage. Tremendous entourage. <laughs> well, it's funny that we're talking about uh, shorter games because I watched the Red Sox-Yankees uh, first game of the season. And I think it was uh, three hours and 54 minutes. And I was like, yep, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> Another Yankees, Yankees Red, Sox. Red Sox. So yeah, I didn't have a great opening weekend. I did see um, the end of your game. So I was happy for you guys that catch up against the wall that uh, ended up resulting in the uh, win for you guys after the replay. So that was good. And what about some other teams? The San Diego Padres are 4-1 and one out of the gate, and the L.A. Dodgers, meanwhile, only have one win and the same record as the Pittsburgh Pirates. Are you guys buying the Padres and selling the Dodgers? I'm not buying anything. It's, it's April the 13th or whatever it is. What, what, what are we buying and selling here? The, the Los Angeles Dodgers might win another 99 games this year. I'm not worried about anything. 
I don't look at a single stat for anyone or anything until June the 1st when everybody is all warmed up and cozy and they know what their team is going to be. There is no point, Zach Scribner, of worrying about <laughs> what teams are doing or not doing or players are doing or not doing at this point. It's, it's a complete waste of time. Zach Scribner messaged me about Akil Badu, who was 0 for 10 to start the season and promptly got a hit. I got, <laughs> I got the same message. Yeah. And then I texted him back, keep chirping, because yeah. he got a triple right That's after right. he sent me the text. I, I sent him a screenshot of the box score that says 1 for 2. That's 500 <laughs> average, Zach. Listen, the Dodgers are going to win that division. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The bigger question is, can the Badres keep this up? Can their pitching staff keep it up? Because their pitching staff have notoriously been injured over the last few years, even though they have all these name players as their starters. That's going to be the key thing. They don't have Fernando Tatis yet, so Mm -hmm. that'll be a big boost to the lineup as well. I think the Padres will be just fine. They're off to a 4-1. and one. They'll come back down to earth. But I think they'll make the playoffs as well. And I think the Dodgers will make the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think there's much question about the Dodgers at all. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I got to be honest. I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. And now it's time for our play of the week. And it's from the Masters. Oh, yes, you can use that slope. Oh, yes. Stuart Sink didn't make the cut at the Masters, but he had a hole-in-one on the 16th on Friday, and it's our play of the week. It's a heck of a shot. Great shot. I love the the I love the holes in one that when it lands on the green, it's really not anywhere near the pin, but then it just keeps rolling and rolling and speeds up, and then there's the one camera angle it always hits. Like, oh damn, that's going in. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. When it's about ten feet from the hole, you're like, oh yeah. this baby. Those are great shot. for sure. I think every single play this week was fantastic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like Mike Smith, what a heads-up play to make the breakaway pass to Connor McDavid. Yep. yep. The soccer goal, even Matt had to be impressed by that. He scored on a corner kick. Yeah, that was crazy. That was Matt? unbelievable. <laughs> it was all right. Oh, it was all right. <laughs> it would probably have been fourth on my list out of the four. <laughs> yeah, then, that might have been the best week of plays of the week we've had in a while. Yeah, and the baseball play, Bobby Witt saving a run. That was a heck of a play at third base, too. Yeah. He's all right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Our play of the week is brought to you by London Awnings, quality that shows. And don't forget to follow us on Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram for videos, for comments, for links. Anything that you're looking for on the internet is on Podcast FFC. The only thing we don't put on there is recipes, and that's because Manny's a terrible cook. But we will have the play of the week posted every Monday, so you can take a look at that and 
Make your choice out of those four options. Share it with your friends. Get into a little debate of your own. Let us know which one you think stands out, and then we will reveal those winners on the Wednesday episodes. And the NBA postseason is now underway with play-in games beginning on Tuesday night. And the Toronto Raptors will open their series with the 76ers in Philadelphia on Saturday. What do you guys think about the Raptors' chances? The Raptors are being picked by many people to upset the Philadelphia 76ers. If you want to call it an upset, the Raptors are the five seed, uh, the Sixers are the four seed, and they didn't finish... Many games off. I think it was three games were the difference uh, between the Sixers Mm -hmm. and the Raptors. Um, This isn't going to be very popular in Canada, but I think Philadelphia actually wins this in six or seven games. I know Shaq picked the Sixers to sweep the Raptors. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think Joel Embiid and James Harden might be a little bit too much for the Raptors in this series. I think it's going to go long, and I think the Sixers actually win. Yeah, I agree with you, Manny. I think it'll go a little bit longer than people expect, but I definitely do think that Philadelphia is going to win. And uh, I know I'll get called a pessimist about every Canadian team and all of that stuff, but yeah, I just think Philadelphia is too much for them. I think this series goes down to to two things. One of them is coaching. Doc Rivers does not have the greatest resume in the playoffs. Nick Nurse has a much shorter resume, but has had that success. And I think this comes down to James Harden. And I don't think James Harden is very good, guys. I think he's lost his edge. I think Pascal Siakam has done a great job against the 76ers this year. I think Joel Embiid is going to be hard to stop. You're going to have to figure out some sort of new defensive scheme. And Embiid has set himself in the past this year that the Raptors have played him pretty tough. I think this comes down to how James Harden performs. At this point in his career, I am not putting any money in James Harden's corner. I'm going Raptors in six, boys. Okay, we got a side bet with Matt. We got a we got a bet with Matt here. I, I got so- a Freddie Van Vliet jersey on the line. There we go. <laughs> so I think Van Vliet plays defense against Harden. I think it'll be Siakam Barnes against Embiid uh, on the defense, maybe more so Barnes. Um, they might throw other bigs at him, uh, at Embiid. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Raptors win because I think Nick Nurse can really coach up a team. And I think he's going to work on a defensive system that will really hamper Philadelphia offensively. I just think Harden can get hot. And as you said, Matt, he's the difference in the series. If he gets hot, that's the end. One of our faithful listeners who always wants more basketball talk is Jason in London. He wants to know our predictions for the NBA final. Well, Jason in London, uh, I am uh, not going to be clever about this at all. Why? Because I don't know. Uh, I'm going <laughs> I'm going to take the Phoenix Suns over the Milwaukee Bucks in a rematch of last year with a different champion. So you're picking the best team in the NBA. I'm taking the best team in the NBA to win it all, and I'm taking the three seed and defending Eastern Conference champion to take the East. I'm going way out on the limb. And the defending champs. And defending champs. 
What are you going to okay. take? You're going to take Brooklyn? Come on, Manny. Who you got here? You're going, you're going Bulls? Okay. I can buy Milwaukee because Giannis is such a beast, right? He is the number three seed. They finished two games behind Miami, who had the best record in the Eastern Conference. But my team in the West, the Memphis Grizzlies. With Who ja the hell plays on the Memphis Grizzlies? Ja Morant. Oh, you know, yeah. You know him from the plays of the week on For Future Considerations. Is, is Big this, Country Reeves still on that team? No. Well, that was the Vancouver Grizzlies. Never mind. As soon as Rashad left Vancouver, so did the Grizzlies franchise. <laughs> so, Ja Morant is such a great player. The NBA is all about the next superstar. I think the NBA Finals are going to be uh, the present against the future. And I think the future wins. John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies. Wow. They're going to shock the world, baby. They're going to shock the world. You heard it here first. People in Memphis don't even know who John Morant is. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to Memphis to catch a basketball playoff game. That's our next road trip. <laughs> and we have to talk about some hockey here, too. There are two weeks left in the NHL regular season. So let's get your thoughts on who gets in. The East is basically set. They're just playing for seeding. But it's quite a race out west. Uh, the Oilers, Kings, Predators, Stars, Golden Knights. And even the Jets and my Canucks have an outside shot at the postseason. Out of all those teams, only four get into the playoffs. Who you got? All right. Uh, four teams getting in the West. Uh, I've got the Los Angeles Kings, who I will say are going to win that first round series if they get in to that 2-3 uh, that matchup in their division where they'd be sitting right now. I've got the Edmonton Oilers in. I've got the Dallas Stars in, and I've got the Vegas Golden Knights in, and I've got the wild card leading Nashville Predators going home. Nashville has got two games left this season against Calgary. They've got one against Colorado. They've got one against Minnesota. They are not going to pull this off. So I'll take L.A. and Edmonton, Dallas, and Vegas out of that list. I'm going to take the Oilers, Kings, Predators, and Stars. I just think that it's too hard to jump over teams when you have to at the end of the season. So I, those, are, those are my four picks. And I don't think, as I predicted at the beginning of the year, the Canucks are going to just barely miss the postseason. So John picks the four teams are in a playoff position as right of now. today. Yep, that's As right. of today. Yep. I just think it's make... too hard to catch teams. You don't see it very often where teams can jump over a team or two right at the end. So Edmonton gets in, the Oilers get in, Nashville gets in, even though you said that schedule, Matt, they're plus 26 goal differential, plus 26. And they're also 22 and 12 on home ice. Dallas, Dallas gets in, even though that's tight. Their home record's amazing. Mark Stone comes back into the Vegas Golden Knights lineup. He will help the Knights get in. And it's the LA Kings who will drop out of the wow. playoffs. Drew Doughty's only got one leg. 
They've lost three in a row. They're, they were a good road team, not a great home team. Their goal differential, minus two. I think the King's arrow is pointing down. With two weeks to go, I can see them sliding out of a playoff position. That would be a, a big fall for them. I mean, when you look at their, their schedule here, so they're uh, in Colorado tonight, and then they're home to Columbus in Anaheim, home to Chicago, home to Anaheim, in Seattle, and in Las, uh, in Vancouver to end the season. That's the, There's no winning teams in there. Yeah, it's an e- they might have the easiest schedule yeah. of everyone else. Chasing, I bet, I'll take a side bet that the Kings finish second in that division and jump over Edmonton. Deal, <laughs> deal. We got two bets on this show. Let's go. We got two bets on this show. Mark this down, Rashad. Don't you ever for, let him forget about it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Who's going to come in? Is Drew Doughty going to play with a cane? Like and, and a crutch? Like, who's going to help the Kings? What's going to help the Kings is that the teams that they are playing are garbage. <laughs> if, if the LA Kings can't pick up eight points playing Anaheim twice, Seattle, and Columbus at home, and then Vancouver the last game of the season, and a home game against the Blackhawks, like that's that's... I'm going to, like, underwhelmingly, that's 11 points. This is going to be a a heck of a bet. The Kings (laughs) have played more games than anyone else on that list. Edmonton has a game in hand. Nashville and Dallas, they have two games in hand on the Kings. And Vegas has a game in hand. They can make up that space against the L.A. Kings. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now, this is a good bet. I'm feeling good about my bet. <laughs> okay, so how much are you guys betting? We've got to get this figured out, too. I'm not betting anything. <laughs> a Wayne Simmons autographed L.A. Kings jersey. <laughs> I'll hang that right next to my job or aunt one. <laughs> and your Fred Van Vliet. And my Freddie Van Vliet jersey. <laughs> Babe, guess what? I've started a collection of autographed jerseys of teams I don't give a shit about. You're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of soccer jerseys in there? Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, I still forgotten about the other one. He's getting a Canadian soccer jersey. Yeah, throw me a, yeah, throw me one of those too. <laughs> This is going to be great. <laughs> and the best part is there's going to be a bell in the Canadian soccer jersey. So every time the Alfonso Davies goal gets reshared on our social media, the bell's going to go up on the jersey. I'm still getting notifications on that thing. <laughs> Are you ready? And now it's time for rapid fire and back to basketball for a moment. Michael in Windsor emailed us this question and we had a few comments on social media as well. Who is your MVP in the NBA this season? Uh, Joel Embiid just on Tuesday got some love from Kevin Durant who says Embiid's the MVP. 
I know he won the scoring title, first center since Shaquille O'Neal to win the scoring title. But I'm a huge Joker fan uh, from the Denver Nuggets, Nikola Jokic. He's the first guy in NBA history to have 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, 500 assists in a season, and he's done it as a center. Like, what he has accomplished is unbelievable. He deserves to be back-to-back MVP. I agree with you, Manny. I I don't think we'll ever see that again for many, many years, and I don't know how how you pick against him. I'll and tell you how you can do it. Exactly. We got another bet. We got another bet. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> the best player in the NBA today is Joel Embiid. No, it's not. It absolutely is. I let you talk. You let me talk now. Okay, go ahead. Joel Embiid is an absolutely dominant force. Speaking of centers... And Jokic is not... Okay, well, all right, go ahead. Say your piece, Manny. No, go ahead. (laughs) I was nice and quiet, but that's twice now. (laughs) Oh, there's going to be more. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) Joel Embiid wins a scoring title with 30.6 points per game. The second highest true shooting percentage of his career... Of his career. He's got nobody around him other than the hole that was James Harden. And he's carried a bad Philadelphia Sixers team for a long time. Joel Embiid is the most valuable player in this league because the Philadelphia 76ers probably don't even make the playoffs if he's not on that team. Are you done? I am, Manny. You can, you can dispute it again as much as you'd like. You at least Let me tell you something (laughs) That's a terrible call That's a terrible call, Manny Go ahead, continue At least you named (laughs) At least you named another player On the Sixers roster Name another player on Denver's roster Carmelo Anthony No, he's with the Lakers (laughs) John Morant (laughs) Nice try (laughs) They got the Canadian kid, that Murray kid. He hasn't even played. He's hurt. (laughs) (laughs) That's why Jokic deserves the award. He did this without his star players next to him. Are you kidding me? And the Nuggets are in the playoffs. If they don't have Jokic, they're not in the playoffs using your same argument. Denver Nuggets are the sixth seed yeah. in the first round. If you, if you don't win a playoff game, did you really make the playoffs? How many wins did the Nuggets have? I don't know. 48. 48. How many wins did the Sixers have? 51. 51. A, a difference of three games, and Philly was in the easier conference. Go home. Next question. <laughs> All right, here's another question from social media. <laughs> Austin Matthews passed Rick Vive for the Maple Leafs record for most goals in a season. Chris and Guelph says Matthews is the greatest Leaf of all time. Do you guys agree? 
Chris, say it loud and say it proud. The only reason that Austin Matthews should not be considered as the greatest Leaf of all time is because he hasn't played as many games as those crusty old guys that everybody just hangs their hat on still all the time. Oh, remember this guy. Remember what this guy did for the team. They haven't won anything since 1967. This guy has got 1.15 points per game average in his career with the Toronto Maple Leafs. The second this team gets through to the next round, this guy is going to start getting statues built for him in different locations around the GTA. He is absolutely the best Toronto Maple Leaf of all time because at any point in the NHL's history, there has never been a Maple Leaf that has dominated the game the way that Austin Matthews has for the last three years, and he's only getting better. He is going to set every Maple Leafs record before there's one single gray hair and that ugly mustache of his. He is the greatest Leaf of all time, no question. Wow. Matt, what have you been drinking? Like, come on, this entire episode. What has the guy won? He may be the greatest goal scorer of all time in a Maple Leafs uniform. But what has he won? They haven't even gotten the first ra- out of the first round of the playoffs with him on the roster. Dave Keon won four Stanley Cups. Austin Matthews hasn't even won a playoff series. So you're saying Dave Keon, when he played, there were eight teams in this league, is the better Maple Leaf than Austin Matthews. He's got four rings. You're not, you're not even picking the best player. You're picking the guy who was around when the team was relevant. No, he led that team. He was a leader on and off the ice. That's fine. When did he play? It doesn't matter. He's a champ. Until Austin Matthews wins something, then we can have the conversation about him being one of the greatest Leafs of all time. If we're having a conversation about the greatest goal-scoring Leaf, I give you that. But the greatest Leaf, what has he won? If you want to decide the greatest individual player by a team's success, you can go right ahead. I'm talking about the greatest player that has ever worn a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey, and you're watching him right now. Because Dave Keon, God bless him, sitting there with 858 career points as a, a with the Toronto Maple Leafs, has 1,062 games in his career. Austin Matthews is halfway there with 660 games in his back pocket. The only reason that I would even remotely suggest that Austin Matthews is not the greatest Leaf of all time is when he becomes a free agent and he bails and he does not play as many games as the rest of these guys. But if Austin Matthews is a Toronto Maple Leaf for his entire career, there is no question he is the greatest Leaf of all time. I would still suggest he is today if this was the last season he ever played in Toronto. I didn't hear a word you said because I was polishing Dave Keon's Stanley Cup championship rings. He had a hell of a run in 1962. Did those games get televised? Do we actually have proof that those games took place? Uh, So are you saying Rick Vive 
was the greatest leap of all time. And because Austin Matthews passed his goal mark, he is now the greatest leap of all time. If we're no. just talking about individual accomplishments. Absolutely not. I never suggest I've never I don't even know who you're talking about. I didn't suggest <laughs> anybody. I'm talking about the greatest individual player of all time. He has the again, averages over 1.1 points for, per game in that franchise's history. I'm not talking about Stanley Cups from black and white TV. I'm not talking about him breaking one record in one season. I'm talking about what Austin Matthews is worth to this franchise, and he is the best Toronto Maple Leaf that's ever worn that jersey today. Just wait if he ends up staying. I can't believe neither of you mentioned Darcy Tucker. <laughs> I was going to go Gary Roberts. I was going to go Gary, but... I was going to go uh, Cordic. <laughs> Don't you know, pump it up. You've got to pump it up. Now, let's get on to another controversial topic. Pump it or dump it. Yeah, let's week's... go. <laughs> this week's pump it or dump it submission is for Adam in Kingsville. The song is called Kick by Def Leppard, who are about to release their new album in May, their first album since 2015. So guys, for Adam, pump it or dump it. They had an album in 2015? <laughs> they were great when I was in high school. I loved Def Leppard. They so were did good. I. Yeah. They were yeah. good. Back Grade in the 8 night. slow dance, love bites. Oh, look great at John. Uh, Bringing back memories. Goes right to the slow songs of Def Leppard. John Rashad was the greatest slow dancer of all time oh, in his high school. The, the, the guy like, uh, like Will Ferrell and Anchorman was never prepared, but just happened to pull a pair of tap dance shoes uh, right out of his pockets anytime he needed to. <laughs> yeah, our buddy Hooper was giving us heck, too, for not playing any good rock songs. Well, well there hasn't, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> there hasn't been any real good ones of late. And this one is meh. Yeah, this is, they sound old. <laughs> they really do. They're starting to sound old now. <laughs> they That was exactly my thought. They sound, maybe Dave Keon thinks these guys are, are ripe and uh, still relevant, but I'm afraid Def Leppard's best days are, are long, long gone. Although, just like Dave Keon, I'm sure Def Leppard's won a few Con Smythe trophies as well for being their playoff MVP because they actually won something back in the day. Yeah, Let's name Def Leppard the greatest rock and roll band of all time because they might have won two Grammys. I didn't name them the greatest rock and roll band of all time. They might have been at John Rashad's high school dance, though. <laughs> uh, I'll never forget. <laughs> the girl puts her arms around my neck and goes, wow, you're so tall. <laughs> I don't know if that was a compliment or not. And that, that's, that was during a Def Leppard song? Yep. <laughs> 
Was that during Love Bites? It was. (laughs) Did she pour Uh, some sugar on you afterwards? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but he was going into hysteria. Man, he almost spit out whatever he's, he's drinking right now. The shot was your pickup line. Hey, Armageddon it. <laughs> and that does it for another rapid fire. Hey, baby, let's get rocked. <laughs> let's get, let's get. <laughs> Didn't we do that Friday? I still need a little bit more time to recover. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you had as much fun as we did. That was a whole lot of fun with this debate. We've got some bets, boys. We got some bets. We got we got some great looks into John Rashad's torrid love past. <laughs> this might be my favorite episode ever. I love, how, I love how John has to hit the mute button so we can't hear him cry laughing. <laughs> I was worried I was going to cough. I was laughing so hard. Oh, so good. <sighs> so good. <sighs> so hey. Make sure you stay tuned this week, right? Because the OT is back. Yeah. (laughs) Stay tuned. Our second episode of the week gets released on Friday. We got a very special guest this time around, too. Somebody will probably not recognize any of the songs that we are referencing. (laughs) Uh, uh, Our guest will be from Montreal, Quebec. I'm sure we'll talk about the city, too. Luca Henault. The overage defenseman for the Windsor Spitfires, the hottest team in the Ontario Hockey League. This is the final weekend for the OHL regular season, and uh, Luca will talk to us about, you know, ending his junior hockey career with hopefully a long postseason run for the Spitfires. Yeah, for sure. That should be a good one. Remember, you can follow us on social media for more debate, great content. we got to dig up a picture from uh, one of these dances of John Rashad, too. We'll post that as well. So follow along, Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram for future considerations on Facebook. And you can also send us your questions, comments, high school dance memories, topic suggestions at fourfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. Did the Mine was seal kissed by a rose or kissed from a rose. Oh, yeah. Yep. Did the teacher come by with a ruler, too, to make sure there was space in between you two? <laughs> we never had that in my school, no? Well, the teacher was using the ruler on John, but <laughs> that was for something else. <laughs> he was Armageddon it. <laughs> Funny story, actually. We actually had a teacher in our school district who was... Uh, Fired for, um, well, she's married to one of her former students now. So she was having some fun at the high school yeah. dance. Wow, that's a rock of ages right there. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Hey, we want to thank our sponsors on this episode, too. London Awnings, quality that shows. And Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor. 
specializing in sport training and nutrition. And when you work out with Shane, he will crank the Def Leppard in the gym <laughs> for you. All you have to do is ask. It'll be total hysteria. By <laughs> special request, you can play whatever you want in that gym, for sure. <laughs> well, let's uh, put a bow on this one, boys. I think... <laughs> We've accomplished everything we set out to do. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to For Future Considerations. We'll see you on the OT on Friday with Luca Hano. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career, probably the worst. It's garbage, and the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.